The Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Good morning. This is the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins and today I'm talking to Emily Zoe Baker. Hi Emily, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm really good. Um, Thank you so much for coming into the studio. Oh, my pleasure. It's very exciting to see you and to hear you and I think it's the first time you've been on the Spoken Word Program, possibly. Yeah, in recent memory. Okay, great. Well, that's a win. That's a huge win. Now, I heard a poem of yours on another station recently um, and I thought, wow, what an absolutely incredible poem. It was this really long poem and it's even, it's even got a really long title. What was the long title? Dear All the Women Who Ever Existed Over the Entire Span of Human History. And and how long does it go for, roughly? About 10 minutes. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? it? Actually, the original went for about... Uh, 18 and I had to cut it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so it's, keep that in mind. <laughs> that's very special to write a poem as long as that. Um, how long have you been writing poetry for? Um, I'd say about, I'd say I'm reaching about 15 to 20 years now. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also a teacher, aren't you? I am. I am a teacher. Yeah. That's really mainly what I do. I teach poetry in high school and primary school. And how uh, does that slam. go? It's good. It's really good. It's challenging, as you can imagine, like standing in front of a bunch of year nines on Monday morning at 9am saying, hey, we're doing poetry today. And they just look at you like they want to kill you. Oh, yes. It's a challenge, but um, it's also very rewarding because you do actually see them open up and um, express themselves in ways that they didn't know they could. So that's the rewarding part. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And um, And it must be quite you know, therapeutic as well because they must be going through so many transitions at that age and, you know, it's perhaps difficult to communicate with the older generation. And Yeah, they're little spluttering volcanoes of emotions and hormones and, you know, it's essential to have some tools for them to express themselves, something for them to... Like if, if, it's, if even just telling them that music can be cathartic or that cooking can be cathartic and poetry and writing and ranting can be cathartic is very um, empowering for them. Yeah, and I used to find dancing really cathartic too. Yeah, 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 yeah me yeah, too yeah. when yeah. I was that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. anything just like, ah, you know, when yeah. you feel cleansed from your art. Yes, yeah. get it out. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, um, would you like to uh, start with your very long poem? All the women who ever existed. Dear, all the women who ever existed over the entire span of human history. I wish I could say I'm sorry. I wish I could apologise for everything that you've been through. Going right back starting with the woman whose heart was painted black with an apple in her hand. I want to scoop you up and whisper it into your ears. I wish that I was an enormous giant so I could gather you all together, hold you close to my Kilimanjaro of a chest and give you all your secrets back. To those ancient girls who were born under stars and hidden in caves, 
to those who were ordered to keep their goddesses quiet, whose icons were stuffed away, their ancestral eternal flames stubbed out like cigarettes. I wish I could have tattooed your words on the hemisphere of my giant back so I could have kept your library safe. To the first slave women, whose bodies were used to bear children they never got to see, whose language was ripped from their lips, whose spells were stomped on, to those taken from their warm homes and put on the backs of horses, forced onto ships and passed around like toys for grown men, whose skin was the wrong shade of culture, who fought till their nails bled. I wish I could have reached down with my arms thick as the Milky Way and pulled you from that pain. To all those who believed men when they said that women are wicked, evil creatures or that they weren't allowed to make decisions because they get their period. It was their fault for what they were wearing or they shouldn't have been out alone, that they had it coming or that they can't because they're just a girl or God didn't love them if they didn't bear sons or God didn't love them at all. I wish you didn't have to hear that. I wish my time-worn stone pillar fingers covered in moss could muffle your ears. To those daughters who were born disappointments, To those mothers who hated themselves and cursed their own bellies as a result. To those little girls forced down the aisle to stand with an old man, a cruel man, a heartless man, a loveless man or a violent man. I wish I could calm your panicked hearts, lift your veils and kiss your brows with my shoreline lips. To those who were punished for having miscarriages, to those who woke in the night screaming, their white sheets dyed red, their tears slapped from their faces, I wish you knew it wasn't your fault. To those left for war, widowed and abandoned, to those who weren't allowed an opinion, who believed themselves inferior, who were placed in the dark alone as an incubator for the heir of a king, or for an heir with balls, or for a billionaire businessman, or for the man of the house, because he can't be a house without one. I wish I could borrow the sun and light your darkened rooms. To those whose love was called witchcraft, their hips told not to swing, their lips told not to part, their hands told not to hold, their tongues told never to be bold. To those who knew the ways of nature and were blamed for terrifying weather, wars, murder and chaos, who stupefied priests, who disobeyed and died screaming, shot with feathered pens, burnt with consecrated candles and hung with the string of their holy robes. Oh, she knew they were scared. To those whose ancestors couldn't save them, whose prayers had no effect, to those stories that were left untold on the blank pages in history. I wish I could bundle you up in my mountain range embrace, fill my veined rivers with ink so you can correct that wrong. To those who gave birth without so much as a panadol or who became ill and were told it was a punishment, who were kept in dungeons and basements or back rooms or distant towns, I wish I could rock you softly in my crescent moon cradle. To those who were treated so badly they themselves became cruel and infected entire bloodlines, I wish you epiphanies. To those little ones brought up in nunneries who were told their natural desires were a disease, their menstruations the work of the devil, who called it a monthly curse. I wish I could fill my giant salt lake heart with your tears and use it to baptise the ignorant. To those who betrayed their sisters and never pleaded forgiveness. To those whose husbands wandered into other bedrooms, leaving cold sheets behind. To those who lived in perpetual fear, whose eyes never once looked up. To those girls who were taken from a farmhouse to a palace against their will, whose fathers tried to hide them their beauty, their curse. 
that lived as prisoners in paradise, their faces hot with outrage. I wish I could scoop you up in the crystal lakes of my palms and let you float there till you are cool. To those who are ashamed, to any who was shamed, to anyone who ever shamed a girl for being attacked, raped or beaten, I wish I could forgive you. To anyone who spoke up about freedom or feminism, who started a revolution, who rallied, changed, created or fought, I wish I could encircle you with meteorites to deflect the slings and arrows that come your way. To those brave hearts who swelled with service and joined the army only to be humiliated and belittled, I wish I could encase you in the strongest metals from the earth and furnish you with unbreakable swords. To anyone who painted, sculpted, wrote, designed or invented something spectacular, only to have their husbands take credit. To those who told they shouldn't drive a car because of hot flushes, or that the new vacuum cleaner was a revolutionary kind of freedom or received an ironing board for their birthday who were given the pill as a liberation but really just to make them more available, no strings attached, where free love turned out to be mostly about guys sleeping around and the other pills were to keep you quiet and presentable and by the way, the boss is coming to dinner. I wish I could wake you from what turned out to be a dumb dream so you could drive to work and take your seat at the boardroom table. To those who felt the need to inject their faces with disease to feel young, who broke their own noses, cut their own skin, or made themselves sick in the name of thin, I wish you already felt beautiful. To those so scared of ageing they poured chemicals on their faces, terrifying their teenage children, who always thought their mothers were the most magnificent creatures on earth, I wish I could swoop in with my mirror, the size of the sky, and show you what your children see. To the weak mothers who didn't protect their daughters from leather belts, backs of hands, or turning midnight doorknobs, I wish I could have strengthened you. I wish I could have wielded Saturn's rings to shield every woman who was ever taken from the street. I wish I had that power. To those who burned with ambition, only to be told their job is strictly to be mothers, wives, cooks, and cleaners. To those who aren't allowed to have an education, who have to read books in secret and undertake clandestine classes, I wish I could build you a castle for a school, complete with silver soldiers to protect your beautiful minds. I wish my brain was the size of the universe, able to store a billion solutions to a million problems. To those told not to try, to stick to being supportive, to swallow ambition, or to those who tried and were laughed away or who succeeded and were jeered and insulted and held to different standards, hounded out of positions of power, or who were thought unsuitable for leadership because they had young children to take care of or because they didn't have young children to take care of. I wish I could arch my back and push up islands in the sea beneath your bobbing chaff bags so you could climb out and start new and better worlds or at least try and fail like anybody else. I wish I could stretch out my Amazon river of a spine, sail you to these islands across cultures, lands, tribes, generations, religions and eons, so we could talk, share our stories, lace our hearts together to form a bridge so long it reaches all the way to the next generation. So they know whatever happens, they have us. They can tap into this giant pulsating wisdom at any moment that they are never alone. 
And when they hear people say that all girls are bitches or women can't work together or they're too emotional to be CEOs or their life has no value simply because they were born female, they'll laugh. They'll laugh because they'll know about that crazy ancient Heartbridge thing. I wish I could hurl myself back in time to the first season, to the debut episode, to the pilot, and let the girl with the apple know that people are going to try and make out that she was an add-on accessory to Adam. People will try and pretend she's a slave and not a creator, that her job was to serve man, not God, or the God that man decided. I want her to be strong, tell the truth, and show her daughters there's no need to ever be afraid. I wish there was no need to ever be afraid. To all the women who ever existed over the entire span of human history, I wish you knew I'm sorry. Beautiful work from Emily Zoe Baker on the 3CR Spoken Word program, and we'll go to a song from Kavisha Matsella and her CD Ritonella. This is the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name's Di Cousins and I'm talking to Emily Zoe Baker today who is a Melbourne poet and a teacher and a performer. And um, and she's just before the track from Kavisha Matsella um, spoke this incredible long poem all about the, all the women in the world. How did you get inspired to write that poem? Uh, well... The brief for the Women of Letters shows that I uh, have written quite a few things for was write a letter to a wish. And so that was my letter to a wish. I wish I could go back in time. I wish I could hug all the women. I wish I could bring them together. I wish I could they could know that 
uh, that I feel so sorry and I needed to bring in big characters like mountains and satin and the earth and, you know, all the fossils that... <laughs> you transform your body into a bridge and into a, an ocean, a lake of salt and, I yeah. mean, it's amazing <laughs> visualisation. Yeah, well, you need all those, those, you need the entire, you know, solar system in on this because it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant work. And um, and what other work have you been doing for the Women of Letters program? And for those who don't know, what is the Women of Letters program? Um, women of Letters is a literary salon where they ask women, uh, they used to, to run it monthly uh, in Melbourne. It's actually over now, but it was very popular for a long time. They had a branch of it in New York as well, which was so great. And they toured it around the world. I was uh, fortunately, on one of the tours. Yay. Um, and they published anthologies in uh, with Penguin. And um, so basically they'd get a bunch of women, they'd give them a brief, write a letter to a wish or a night you'd rather forget or um, a regret, <laughs> a dark secret, um, and, uh, and, and, and you would respond. And none of the events were recorded, so it was a kind of podcast-free zone so to speak so the guests would often say quite personal things and there was like a quite a great sort of trust between the guests and the audience that it would never get out it did get published in penguin eventually but yeah never live recorded yeah okay now you've got um a story that uh you it was a spoken word performance as a part of the women of letters um program so what what's that so the letter was to the thing I wish I'd written. So I, this is my response. Okay. I remember the exact moment I wanted to become a poet. I was 12 and the movie Mask had just come out, starring Cher, back when Cher was kind of cool and strong and not made of Botox. It was a story about a boy named Rocky, played by Eric Stoltz, who had this skull deformity that made him look like he was wearing a mask, hence the name of the movie, Mask. So Eric Stoltz falls in love with a blind girl played by Laura Dern. She can't see his mask, so to speak, but she like sees him, you know what I mean, like without judgment. They fall madly in love, but her parents are upset because Eric Stoltz isn't a normal boy and his mum Cher gets all powerful in his defence and it's all teary and uplifting into my 12-year-old heart, stupidly beautiful. Anyway, there's this scene where Eric Stoltz is explaining colour to the blind Laura Dern. He demonstrates it. He hands her a hot meatball and says, that's red. Then he hands her an ice cube and says, that is blue. Then he gets some cotton wool balls and places them softly in her hand. That's white, he says. And she looks all Laura Derny and gives this, wow, you're teaching me about the world and it's so beautiful, smile. And something stirred in me. Twelve years old, I jolted upright and announced to both my parents, I want to teach colours to blind girls. I was so inspired by words and meaning and understanding, I wanted to gift the world synesthesia, to change music into food, food into music, to colour smells, to drink the sky, to paint the rain. I wanted to make poetry. But there wasn't much opportunity for that at school. High school wasn't a place to shake the trees and stir the sky. 
High school didn't ask, what's inside your crystal well of possibilities, you wondrous little being? It was about ticking boxes, results, scores, and standing in straight lines. It didn't want me to change ice cream into jazz. It said, ice cream can't be jazz, Emily. D minus. And so it happens that you were the thing, high school curriculum, that I wish I'd written. If I had written you, I'd have included shitloads of poetry. Because I believe poetry can help teenagers navigate this crazy-ass world. Now, I'm not talking soliloquy sonnets and sinquains as much as the poetry of life, the poetry of art, the art of living, the full Robin Williams smackdown. Think about what it's like being a teenager. It's tumultuous. Teens are bored and angry at the same time. They're bangry. Life is all over them. It's itching at their skin. They've just shifted from being a kid all coddled and lunchboxed to not yet being treated like an adult, but somehow suddenly expected to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives forever. It's petrifying. When kids get to high school, the band-aid is ripped off and out of the primary blue they're presented with the fact that the world is full of abhorrent stuff. No one is cupping their ears anymore when bad things happen. They're shuffling into modern history class and finding out about how World War II freaking two happened. That happened. That people became Nazis and they've gone from learning about founding fathers and explorers to learning about sculpting slavery, witch trails and the cultural revolution, ethnic cleansing, North Korea, political prisoners and pole freaking pot. They go home and then there's people screaming and pleading in foreign countries on their TV and they're expected to sit on the couch and eat their schnitzel and act normal. While mum says, what a shame that's happening over there, now finish your dinner. And teenagers must learn that this squirming, horrible sensation, this painful hopelessness, this gutting, sickening empathy is something they must simply deal with. The world is in tatters and instead of going on a screaming rampage, they have to finish their homework, brush their teeth and go to bed. All this as hormones burst and splutter inside them like lava as their skin spills all over itself, knees nobble, boys and girls try to work out how to talk to each other, relationships rise and crash, their social media profiles jerk and stammer, their bodies swell and grow, chemicals align and they fall in love so intensely their hearts push out of their chests like a Pepe Le Pew cartoon. And when they're not learning about horrors, the good stuff is face-slappingly bewildering as well. They find out that there are volcanoes at the bottom of the sea that... The northern lights shimmer and blaze across the sky that Hubble's trillion galaxies exist. That, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. And the fact that the Earth is on a perfect little angle is why there are seasons, polar bears, whales and bees that make honey that tastes like God. They discover, bless their gawky apprentice brains, hearts and bodies, that sometimes, all of a sudden, they're going to feel the entirety of humanity. They're going to be standing in line at the cafeteria and their consciousness might suddenly open up like a huge magnolia. And they'll realise their very existence is just a spore floating through time. And for that millisecond, they are one with the multiverse. They are as free as seaweed. And amongst all this... Revela- revelation and mind-blowing lifiness. They still have to do their chores. They still have to go to school. They still have to be a functioning member of society. Even though their insides have turned hot like sun spits, they're having all the feelings. 
and no one is helping them deal with all of this, we joke. We joke that those things aren't written in the guidebook, but they are. That powerful guidebook is already written by Maya Angelou, Charles Bukowski, Annie DeFranco, Tom Robbins, J.D. Salinger, Lord and Eminem. Poetry can feed young minds but also seed them to grow something unique. It's an antidote, the solution, the serum, the no more gaps. It's the radioactive spider bite to their impending sense of the mediocre. It's their hidden ability, their secret power, their hulk. Teenagers are not trainee people, they're people. Learning on their feet. Instead of just pouring all this information into them and shutting the door while it swirls and bubbles in their hormonal hellfires, let's give them a chance to speak back to it. Let's encourage them to process, discuss, socialise and analyse all this spluttering chaos and confusion. Let's help them pause, consider, take stock, rather than simply learning things by rote and churning it through Wikipedia-stained essays. Don't let them go numb. Or use things to numb themselves. Let's use this energy. Give them a moment to absorb that it is actually the world we're talking about. Their world. That they're in it. And they can feel it spin under the soles of their feet. If I'd written you high school curriculum, it would be emphasised that poetry is that pause. A stock take of experience. Poetry helps you bathe in the wonder and it's also a useful tool for dealing with the dark times and I mean like having a sword in a medieval battle kind of useful. Properly, legitimately, essentially, school curriculumly useful. I'd make it so that every day after lunch they'd learn the name of a new planet or listen to the rings of Saturn or feed each other fruit blindfolded. Make metaphors on Mondays, deal with the stupefying possibilities of technology Tuesdays, Wordsworth Wednesdays, Philosophy Thursdays, and on Fridays, I'd have teachers darken the room and play loud music while the kids could just scream, scream until they feel their voices align with their hearts, or in the words of Whitman, sound their barbaric yorps from the rooftops of the world. I'd have them write pages and pages of these thoughts and discoveries. Now, don't worry. I'm not suggesting that we then have to read all of this. Jesus, can you imagine? No. This is about teenagers rolling it around in their mind, letting it out, chewing it over, being encouraged to examine their lives rather than just having their lives heaped upon them. A poetry-packed curriculum might help teenagers leave high school more excited to be alive, to be part of the pulsating genius that is humanity, brimming with confidence, self-assuredness and openness with well-balanced temperaments, without anger issues or fear of authority or a fear of anything. Because school shouldn't be about ticking boxes. It should be about inventing circles. It should teach you how to be in this world, how to suck the marrow. Putting poetry in young minds is putting cotton wool balls into someone's hands and saying, that's white. It's about meatballs for red, ice for blue, and then asking, okay, now show me what's yellow. What's green and now you wonderful, bangry little soul, go find me a rainbow. So that's why I'd wish wish I'd written you high school curriculum. Expressing yourself, whether it be with words, music or imagery or all of the above, allows people to take off their mask. Not Cher, obviously. She should probably leave hers on. But it allows people to take off their Eric Stoltz mask and express themselves as a creature of the world. So we can really, you know, see them. In the words of... Yates, education 
is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. So what do you say, school curriculum? I'll get the kindling, you get the matches. Let's do this. Yours in an always abundant, optimistic enthusiasm, Emily Zoe Baker. Lovely work, Emily Zoe Baker. Thank you so much for coming on to the 3CR Spoken Word Programme. Um, I think we've run out of time, but um, great. That's, well, you, that's the epic poetry part, isn't it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's wonderful and it's, it's really exciting to hear the long form. I mean, that's something completely different that uh, normally doesn't ever happen. So thank you very much for that. My pleasure. And very, very <laughs> inspiring ideas and words, really. And beautifully, thank you so much for having me. Beautifully put together. Okay, so you've been listening to the 3CR Spoken Word Program. Program. My name's Di Cousins and we'll go out with a little bit more of Kavisha Matsala.